All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, It's a joke. No, it wasn't. It was a very bad, very mean-spirited joke, but a joke nonetheless. And I think we should give at least some deference to people as stupid and as much as they put their foot in their mouth sometimes to just accept the fact that it was a joke. We're talking, of course, about the Aaron Rodgers, who is now, Jimmy Kimmel is now referring to as Karen Rodgers, mm-hmm. uh, and Jimmy Kimmel feud, where Aaron Rodgers said on, I don't know, some podcast that well, Jimmy... it's not some pop. Pat McAfee is a very popular ESPN podcast. Oh, I don't know who that is. Okay, who, yeah. who's Pat McAfee? Pat McAfee was a punter. Is he an athlete? Okay. Was an athlete, now has a podcast, and is very okay. prominent on ESPN. Oh, okay, yeah. good. And, and does he talk Large about... Large following. They have Aaron Rodgers on, okay. and Aaron Rodgers... The history here is that he comes on once a week okay. and he s- says quite a bit that people disagree with or agree with him. Okay. Very controversial stuff. So let's play what Aaron Rodgers said about Jimmy Kimmel. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't So that was like two weeks ago. He said and that. They were talking about the Epstein right. papers, the Epstein the list, list was coming out. of people who were on Jeffrey Epstein's island, of on the plane, had mm-hmm. interactions with Jeffrey Epstein. Yep. And it, Jimmy Kimmel immediately on Twitter pushed back saying, you put me and my family in danger and correct the record or I'll take legal action. Well, last night was Jimmy Kimmel's first live show since this all transpired. So he went into it a little more with... His explanation of, oh, no, it's not a joke. It's very serious. And he explained that this is how we do jokes. We say a lot of things on this show. We don't make up lies. In fact, we have a team of people who work very hard to sift through facts and reputable sources before I make a joke. And that's an important distinction. A joke about someone, even when that someone is Donald Trump, even a person (laughs) who lies from the minute he wakes up until the minute he's smearing orange makeup on his my pillow at night. Even he deserves that consideration. And we give it to him because the truth still matters. And when I do get something wrong, which happens on rare occasions, you know what I do? I apologize for it, which is what Aaron Rodgers should do, which is what a decent person would do, but I bet he won't. If he does, you know what I'll do? I'll accept his apology and move on. I bet he won't either. Um, but to what Jimmy Kimmel said right there, too, yes, and Jimmy Kimmel uh, is paid to give jokes. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So we assume that a lot of the stuff that he's saying is joking. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not he's got a team of people that looks through all the facts and everything, eh, don't we all play loose with the facts when we're um, doing satire or joking? And again, I, I am... I guess I am defending Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and it's a position that I never thought I'd be in because I think Aaron Rodgers thinks he's the smartest guy in any room he walks into. Uh, there's a reason his family doesn't talk to him. I mean, the guy, uh, his views on vaccine and Anthony Fauci are ridiculous. But what I'm saying is, like, if 
if you like, let's say in the heat, in the spur of a moment, like let's say the Epstein list is coming out, and you and I are on the air. Mm-hmm. And, oh, the Epstein! Oh, Jordana, you're not on the list. You can take a sigh of relief. Or oh, oh, oh Adam, good, are you on the? Are list? you on the list? So you think Aaron Rodgers was joking when he said that uh, Jimmy Kimmel better watch out? And then Pat McAfee, like, whoa, he kind of stopped yes. him there, or reacted, and then the conversation just- ended. The conversation, and then Pat McAfee went on there saying, hey, you know, he was talking, just talking bleep. and Oh, Pat said that? Yeah. Saying okay. that's the, the show is like three guys talking. Did he say it right after this? Con- no, this is uh, it was after later? the blowback. No, okay, it was, I think it was, it was the very next show. After the blowback. He made apologies for Because I'm sure Aaron that, Rogers, oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. Not necessarily apologies, just saying, mm-hmm. hey, look, this is a show where where we're on the air, mm-hmm. and we we, we want to keep it loose, which is like what we do, too. Is like we want to keep mm-hmm. it loose here, and we—is uh, there a position? I don't think it's happened too often, but I can think of one instance where I said something that there was a little blowback on it, and it was a total joke. That's right. And it's like, mm-hmm. and it, it got smoothed over, but it—that's yes. ha- that, happened. You also reached out to the person, I did. the injured party, and that person said, "Oh, Adam, it's okay. It was a joke, a silly." And that person agreed with you, but you did the right totally. thing. Totally. But as long as there's been broadcast media, people have been putting their mm-hmm. foot in their mouth. And we give leeway to that. Again, will I do I think Aaron Rodgers should apologize to Jimmy Kimmel? One hundred percent, absolutely yes. Do I think he will? No. But what I'm saying is, I don't think this is a s- similar situation as saying Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile. I mean, that to me is different than what Aaron Rodgers did here. I think Aaron Rodgers was totally irresponsible, and. Some reason he has an axe to grind with Jimmy Kimmel. Do we know why? Do they have beef in the past? Yeah, well, Jimmy Kimmel has poked fun at Aaron Rodgers for his ludicrous views on the vaccine, and he is going after Anthony Fauci. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers went after Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey's in a Pfizer ad. He called him Mr. Pfizer. And it's... That's Aaron Rodgers. Again, he thinks he's... Okay, but those are jokes, saying you're Mr. Pfizer. That's based on fact, because that person did a Pfizer commercial. Mm -hmm. What Aaron Rodgers said about Jimmy Kimmel was totally wrong, and probably, if prosecuted, could be considered libel or defamation. You cannot joke about someone being a pedophile and then not follow up with that was just a joke i'm totally kidding like where did he even put that together that jimmy kimmel would be on that list there's no truth to it because jimmy kimmel is not on the list i mean jimmy is vehemently denied and the list is out jimmy kimmel is nowhere near the list he's never met jeffrey epstein jimmy kimmel is not associated with jeffrey epstein so other than trying to hurt Jimmy Kimmel or make him look bad in any way, which is make him look bad without proof, which is the definition of defamation. What was he trying to do? It was not a joke when you say someone is on a list uh, associated with a known pedophile and sex trafficker. Aaron Rodgers was way out of bounds here. He should 1000 percent apologize, should never have made that reference. And like Jimmy said, words matter. Truth matters. And even the insinuation with zero proof of this happening, Aaron Rodgers is totally wrong. I totally wrong, but I and I, I don't I, think it was a joke. 
is which is what our crux of this argument is. So you think he actually think thought Aaron, that Jimmy Kimmel would be on that list, or, no, ha, or, or read something somewhere? In fact, I don't doing think his that. Own research. I don't doing his own research. Please don't even get me started with Aaron Rodgers' research. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, though. that's what that's what would be the ludicrous. That to me, I disagree is, with that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers did any research or even heard a rumor that Jimmy Kimmel was on the list. Correct. My my point here is that he was trying to hurt Jimmy Kimmel. He was trying to libel and defame him by even mentioning this and putting this out in the ether. And Aaron Rodgers is aware of how conspiracy theories work and how stupid <laughs> yes, Americans is. are. And if you put it out into the ether, some people are going to say, oh, did you hear Jimmy Kimmel was on the list? And that is hurtful to Jimmy and his family. So what Aaron Rodgers did was willful – I'm not even going to say ignorance – was willful libel. See, I don't think so. And not funny. I think and I think it joke. was an attempt at being funny and we, he totally missed the mark. And Because like if Chad and I, who go back and forth on everything, I would say – Chad, you better be worried because you're on that list. But Chad was right there to defend himself. You wouldn't say on this show, I think Chad's on the list. Yes, I would. <laughs> then you owe him an apology. Well, because it's it's absurd. The, 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 that notion is absurd to me. And it's the absurdity of of that being clearly being a joke. But do you think that Aaron Rodgers' followers and devotees would think it was absurd that Jimmy Kimmel was on the list? I think they laugh and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's and now you can make the argument that's where we are now as a country saying yeah of course he's a he's a lib he probably is a pedophile they support it anyway I mean there's that mentality anyway yeah, okay right. so if you're arguing does that add to it you're probably right but I I'm just back to my original point I think it was a joke and not not meant to be like a ha ha joke uh, a bad joke yeah and, and poor taste. Jimmy did not think it was a joke. He no, was clearly. very serious last right. night. And he yes, he made jokes about it, but he also was very serious. And I um I had some empathy for him because I mean, one offhanded joke can make people believe stupidity because people are country? dumb. Come yeah, on. people are dumb. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Are you willing to I, I, I guess are you willing to forgive Aaron Rodgers like I have? I guess I'm the Aaron Rodgers defendee today, defender. So let me know. 651-461-9226. We'd love a phone call on this. Uh, I think I feel like a lot of people are in Jordana's camp on this. Mm. But so I'll, I'll, I'll defend humor even if it's horrible, bad humor. Uh, that's where I stand. Was it a joke? And if so, should he even made it? We're talking about Aaron Rodgers alleging that Jimmy Kimmel was on the list uh, of Jeffrey Epstein, known pedophile and sex yeah. trafficker. And... Um, Adam says it was a joke. Jimmy Kimmel. Very bad, bad joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy um, didn't think hurtful. it was a joke. No. Came out on his show last night, the first time in two weeks that he's back from vacation, from the holidays, um, and went on a, a rant about, we just played it a few minutes ago, about how that was not funny, it was hurtful, and um, he that, that Aaron Rodgers should apologize. Lots of texts coming in. Lots of texts. And uh, here's the thing, too. It's like if Aaron Rodgers would come out either on Pat McAfee or whatever, and say what I just said. You know, that was a really stupid thing to say. I was poking fun at a guy I've disagreed with, but to do that in the way I did was hurtful, and I apologize for it. Then we can all move on and be like, you know what? that That's the way it should happen, but that won't happen. I mean, I could be surprised unless legally <laughs> they say, okay, Aaron, you have to apologize, otherwise we're going to be in serious legal trouble here. Um but I just don't feel like 
I feel like that's a that would to me be a stretch that he's really in legal trouble over what over well, just would, that comment. The Other than writing a paper saying, here's my evidence and I've got all this evidence that Jimmy Kimmel is associated, to me that's different than just a glib comment like that saying, oh, Jimmy, watch out. Also and, to be in serious legal trouble, especially with a public figure such as Jimmy Kimmel, um, you would have to prove damages. If you're proving libel or if you're proving defamation journalistically, you would have to prove damages. Mm-hmm. Like Jimmy would have to prove that he was turned down for commercials or ads or lost sponsors on his show. Or threatened be- by people. Right, even that, or, or because of what Aaron Rodgers said. And I don't know if he can prove that or not, but the conversation we're having is, was it a joke or not? Should we be more chill about it? And I say uh, it was not. I don't think Aaron Rodgers was joking. And I do think that he should apologize. It was the wrong thing to say. And, and honestly, I don't think that's something you can joke about. And I just watched the Dave Chappelle. I love non-politically correct humor. I love Ricky Gervais. I love Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all for that. But that's when you know it was a joke. And I also think, you know, Aaron Rodgers probably has a lot of people that follow him and believe his bullcrap conspiracy theories. So even the idea of Jimmy Kimmel being on that list may have stuck with them. And, oh, because Aaron Rodgers said it, he must be true because he's famous and he can throw a football yeah. or a catch. I don't know what he does. Throws. Run, run, he throws. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, that, and it's, and it's, 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 there's nothing witty about it, which, again, which mm-hmm. leads to your argument about not being a joke. I just feel like it's just a very bad attempt at, at trying to be funny and totally missing the mark. Uh, rare instance where I agree with Jordana, this texture says. <laughs> Maybe it was a joke, but in very poor taste. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it, right? Um, guys, jokes aren't jokes when they become dangerous. This clearly wasn't. Uh, it's ludicrous to think that a public figure would be on this list. So to say that people think it is ludicrous and way off. I don't think it's ludicrous. There are tons of public all. figures on that list. Trump and Clinton are on that list. Yeah. I mean, my God. Stephen Hawking. Yeah. David Copperfield. Yeah. Uh, they say Jimmy can dish it out but cries like a baby when he's the butt of a joke. Again, well, I don't think this was a joke. No, and uh, and, to, and the difference is Jimmy Kimmel has writers. He's talented enough mm-hmm. to craft good jokes. Mm-hmm. You might right. disagree with the right. butt of the joke, but mm-hmm. to say that what Aaron Rodgers did is on par with like what Jimmy Kimmel is paid to do. Not even close. Not even close. This texter says what Roger said is false, but the public has a way of falling for it. Yeah, because the public believes stuff. They're sheep. They're fools. Some are. Some aren't. It happens. We're seeing it in life right now. People don't believe the truth. And if you don't believe facts that are right in front of your eyes, then, you know, again, Jimmy Kimmel's not on the list. So I just it's just so easy to fool people now. Uh, I'm with Adam. I think ignorant. This is a texter. I think ignorant Aaron Rodgers was just trying to be cute and funny. I think Jor needs to relax a little bit. A-Rog, is that what they call him? A-Rog? A-Rog. A-Rog has a huge ego and will do anything to get attention. It's not right, but it's working for him. (sighs) What a disgusting world we live in then when we can do that for attention and and that's okay. Well, that's always been the case though, isn't it? And it's just now, it's like, now there's more at stake, or we feel like there's more at stake. There is more. The truth is at stake. Yeah. The well, but there's two Words truths. Matter. Every, not every, they're every, not in this case. They're not a two truths in this. No, case. I know in this yeah. case. But okay. what I'm saying is, like, we have two. I was thinking about this the other day. It's mm-hmm. just like there are two truths in this world, and when half the people we look at 
you know, we look at certain populations saying, how do they believe that? Mm-hmm. And they look at us and say the same thing, saying, how do you believe what you believe? Mm-hmm. And it's like, how the hell do, do mm-hmm. this is a much larger topic, by the way. Mm-hmm. How do we reconcile that? That's, I don't know what the ha- answer to like, that. Whether it's you, 50-50 or 60-40, when 40% of the people think, I absolutely know this is the truth, so why isn't the other 60% coming along here? And when the 60% is saying, how can those 40% believe that when it's so clear that this is the truth? Mm-hmm. When we're both as convi- both sides are as convicted and convinced that they have the, the truth. I don't. That's, everything. We're going to talk about that later in the show. By the way, because yeah, with we have Scott former, Klug. Representative Scott Klug is going to join us. He has a former Republican lawmaker. He has a um, a podcast exactly about this: finding the middle ground, finding how we can talk to each other, or maybe even share the truth and getting people to believe one way or the other, but the facts that are the truth. So he's going to be joining us at 1035. I'm really looking forward to that. And maybe we can ask him about this. You know, how do... What's well, a symptom, I think, of the larger problem. I agree. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Team Jordana, 100%. Adam's example of joking with Chad doesn't hold because Adam and Chad are, have an ongoing relationship, friendship. Well, okay. That's well. debatable. Well, uh, Jimmy K and Aaron Rodgers have... Uh, do not have that relationship. May have been a bad joke by Aaron, but he hasn't apologized and therefore mm-hmm. is wrong and dangerous. Here's a text. How do you know Jimmy is not a pedophile? That's dangerous too. See what I mean? Like that's like, okay, don't, you know, you don't have to prove someone is something. You, tr- uh, do, you can't prove, prove me the wrong. negative. Right, exactly. Yeah, you can't prove the negative. Right. But again, what Aaron was saying was that Jimmy was on the list. We can prove that Jimmy's not on the list because he's not on the list. So, but some, but, but someone's saying, how do you know he's not? Like, that's the, Jimmy's exact point. Yeah. That Aaron even put right. that that's, into the yeah, ether right. of America because we are sheep and people believe the bullcrap that they hear sometimes from people that are famous or are influencers or can throw a ball. <sighs> that's what's scary. And I think Jimmy understands the American psyche right now. And that's why he feels that this is so dangerous. And quite frankly, I agree with him. Uh, uh, Tori Vanu joins us every Tuesday. Tuesdays with Tori. We have uh, two new city councils uh, in Minneapolis and St. Paul, including new leadership uh, in Minneapolis and an all-female city council in St. Paul. Uh, We'll talk about those changes and uh, other things going on, changes at the legislature. That's coming up next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Lots to discuss politically, locally, as it's Tori Van Oot's first official visit in the new year in 2024. Tori, as always, welcome to the show. Lots to discuss. Hey, good morning. So, Tori, I was on a rant yesterday because the Minneapolis City Council, who, by the way, has a new council president and vice president, uh, Minneapolis City Council was set to vote on a resolution that uh, supported Gaza or Hamas and was and blamed Israel for the war, called for an immediate ceasefire without ever mentioning the return of the hostages or um, the surrender of the terrorist organization that is Hamas. It's my understanding that resolution that was never shown to Mayor Fry wasn't released to the public. Mayor Fry spoke about it this weekend uh, was tabled until January 23rd. I had many friends uh, set or at that meeting 
um, to hear this resolution, this anti-Semitic resolution. Do you have any idea why it was tabled and also still hasn't been released to the public? Have you seen it yet, that resolution? Um, draft text of the resolution was released and introduced yesterday as the uh, as the council met. So that's available online. You can go to Minneapolis, um, uh, you know, the Minneapolis City Council website. You can find a draft of that. This is something council members first started talking about doing uh, late last week, and it's something we're seeing across the country. Um, I know in Denver, I know in Detroit, city councils are weighing in on this international issue, you know, uh, symbolically weighing in on it. Um, what we heard yesterday, my understanding that my colleague was at the council meeting yesterday, uh, but my understanding is that some members said, okay, let's send this through the regular legislative process for the council so that there can be hearing, there can be more discussion, more debate. And so the text of it, you know, could change in any different sort of ways. And they did, uh, Jordan, you are correct that they effectively, I don't know if it's technically tabled because mm-hmm. it wasn't even on the agenda at first. It had just been something members had been talking about and they moved to put it on the agenda. Um, but they referred it to a January 23rd committee meeting with the full um, council. So, you know, this is a, an issue that is a very, um, you know, heated and emotional issue. We talked during the campaign, I know, about some statements on, um, you know, at the time um, from the Democratic Socialists uh, here in the Twin Cities, which, of course, there are several members of uh, the council who are endorsed by that group. Um, and, you know, we, there were people at the meeting that really, really wanted the council to vote right away yesterday mm-hmm. on the resolution as it was worded to put pressure. They want to put pressure on, make a statement, put pressure on federal officials, essentially, to to call for a ceasefire. There were other people um, that said, you know, that the city council shouldn't weigh in, to, weigh in on issues like mm-hmm. that, that they can't control. And there were people who were worried that, the language, um, right, did not acknowledge uh, the um, atrocities enough um, uh, committed by Hamas. And so, yes, the um, 1,200 murdered really and the over 200 taken issue. hostage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is going to be a really tricky, you know, this is going to be a, a, a heated debate, I think. But January 23rd is the next um, moment for this. And it is interesting to see councils across the, because, you know, city council cannot do anything. Right. Uh, effectively about uh, the war. Um, but we're seeing these resolutions pop up across the country. Um, and and so, and I know the mayor has, uh, I think the mayor has signaled that he would like kind of more different language if the city was to to do a resolution. I'm actually not sure if the mayor can veto a resolution or hmm. not. Um, but um, but that'll come up, I'm sure, in the rest of the process. But, yeah, that was, you know, in addition to picking a new council president, um, it was a packed chamber um, over this issue yes, and for this reason yesterday. Mm-hmm. So they got up uh, the city, this new city council, newly elected city council, um, got got off to a headline making start yesterday uh, with this mm-hmm. resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned new leadership. Elliot Payne is the new uh, city council president. What do we know about Elliot Payne? Uh, he takes over from Andrea Jenkins, who voted against uh, his presidency. Um, mm-hmm. How does this signal the, sh- the shift in the Minneapolis City Council we're seeing? 
Yeah, it really reflects the shift from the November election where we saw a more um, liberal leaning, more progressive coalition on the council gain power and actually gain a narrow majority. So um, Elliot Payne, he's Ward 1 member, is uh, aligned with that group. Uh, His number two, the new council vice president, is also somebody aligned with the more left-wing faction of the council, the group that's generally more um, skeptical and sometimes at odds with the mayor. And so this really sets up the dynamics for the year ahead because the council president doesn't only set the agenda every week, but they kind of set the tone. And former council president Jenkins was more of an ally with the mayor. Um, And what Payne said yesterday is that he wants to use his post to be what he said it was a strong counterweight to the mayor's power and the city's bureaucracy. Reality check, it's a strong mayor system. There's only so much the council can do on some of these issues. But, you know, Payne said, for example, he wants to push for more um, more transparency, more council involvement. You know, a lot of council members, we talked about this a few weeks ago, were upset about um, what they said was kind of a last minute uh, push in their view from the mayor to approve these bonuses, um, hiring bonuses, recruitment bonuses for police officers. So, you know, they're they're going to, the signal we got yesterday is that the council is going to say, you know, involve us more in your proposals or else we might block them. And so I think those dynamics will be really interesting to watch. Now, whether he can unify the council around some of the issues, especially the issues that the progressive wing wants to push forward, is to be seen, right? It's not always super clear cut, and it's a narrow majority, and it's not a veto-proof majority um, that this coalition has. And so... uh, it's going to be a, a, an action-packed year ahead, I think, uh, on the council. Very interesting. I will be watching. That was packed with many of my friends yesterday. So mm-hmm. we are watching yeah. if, if they think that yeah. people are not holding them to account with this possible virtue sig- signaling. They're wrong. We want them to fix potholes and, and deal with uh, affordable housing and talk about the homeless and I hope, as you said, you know, it sets the tone. The tone they sent was virtual signaling about conflicts thousands of miles away instead of the important uh, issues about taking care of people in Minneapolis. So I hope that tone changes. And my tone yeah, is going to change pain, now, too. Go, I'm sorry. Yeah, Payne did, Payne did talk about kind of uh, having more you know, focus on constituent issues, yes. things like potholes, mm-hmm. things like infrastructure Good. and wanting the council to be able to do a lot of that. And once this, we talked about this, I think, last week or the week before, but just the idea of public comment. One thing my colleague Kyle Stokes reported that I thought was interesting was that uh, Payne said he's thinking about adding more opportunities to public comment, to more meetings. So interesting. we will see, you know, as these big issues come up, the, the public may have more opportunity to weigh in. Tori, let's switch to Governor Walz. Um, you're writing yeah. the, about Governor Walz highlighting abortion as a campaign issue yesterday. So um, talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, people are coming to Minnesota to get abortions when they can't do that in other states. That's right. We're continuing to see this trend of the uh, abortion is legal in Minnesota, has protection in a state Supreme Court ruling and now in state law. And the governor was at a Planned Parenthood yesterday where uh, they reported that they are continuing to see an uptick in out-of-state patients, patients from states that have restricted or banned abortion coming to Minnesota, some as far as from places like Florida and Texas coming here. 
so the question and what we're looking at moving forward is uh, whether Democrats put a constitutional amendment on the ballot this year uh, or in a future election to add abortion rights to the state constitution and have the public vote on that. You know, Governor Walz predicted that this is going to be a big campaign issue uh, next year, kind of seemed to signal uh, general support for this idea yesterday. And so this is something we'll be watching when the legislature returns. Um, some Democrats, we've written about this before, think that putting abortion on the ballot um, based on past election results will boost turnout yep. um, in an election where Democrats may not be excited about President Biden or the top of the ticket. Um, that's why you're seeing abortion measures in states like Florida, uh, in states that may be swing states, states that may be in play. On the other side, ballot measures cost a lot of money. And some uh, advocates and Democrats are worried that putting a measure on the ballot and having to spend to try to pass it kind of takes away from spending on the state house races, focusing on the presidential election. So it's, and there's also questions about how to put an abortion measure on the ballot. Do you pair it with an equal rights amendment? Do you do it on your own? So uh, this is something that we're going to see the majority Democrats wrestle with when they return to the Capitol next month. And again, it's about that suburban voting, right? I mean, that's the, mm-hmm. it's those suburbs that are so critical, and that's the turnout that they want because they feel that abortion issue will get people in the suburbs to turn out and and hope, presumably vote for President Biden and other Democrats on the ticket. Exactly. People who may not, not, not otherwise turn out. Um, and top Democrats, including Speaker Melissa Hortman, have said, we think abortion is going to be an issue either way on the ballot. You know, we think we're going to be able to make it an issue whether or not there's a ballot measure. Uh, and uh, we'll see, though, uh, where, where they end up landing on this. Of course, the Republicans uh, are looking to make other issues the key issues, including the economy, including crime, uh, including uh, taxes and so uh, school issues. So it's really a, always a fight to see which issues rise to the top of a voter's minds as they head to the ballot box. And you can read more, Tori, in Axios, of course, talking about a blackout plate of Axios, a free school <laughs> meal update uh, that's coming tomorrow. And the Prince so, musical. Oh. Don't forget, we've got a pr- Purple Rain, the musical. Yes. Yeah, will you see it? Will you pay the big Broadway bucks to see it if it goes on Broadway? I would. I yeah. probably, yeah. W- probably yeah. wouldn't. I mean, if it's good, if it's yeah. crap, then no. But yeah, if it's good, I'll, I'll totally. I'll wait it. for the touring company to come here. Okay. Over at Chan Hassan. <laughs> well, it's going to be Orpheum. good. It's so. Prince's music, yes. so yeah. if you think Prince's music is good, it's going to be good. So. I'm in Minnesota. I, I have to. I have to. You have I have to, to believe that Prince's music purple. is good. Yes. Uh, Tori, yeah. really, one more burning question before we let okay. you go. You may be old enough. I'm not sure if you are, but you may be old enough to remember the trend of juicy sweatsuits. Do you remember the, I do. the juicy sweats? I wore them. Okay, Juicy's a brand. I lived in Los Angeles in the 2000s. Oh, yes, God, help yes, us. Yes, okay, yes, so yes, you yes. Have probably had multiple colors. You may have had Juicy in bling written on the tush of your sweatsuit. I didn't have those, but yeah. Okay, the question now is, and this is a burning question that stylists are debating, is it okay to wear matching sweatsuits once again? Would you do it again now? I would not do it again. Okay. It is not my personal style profile, but based on the very cool looking Gen Zers I see at the airport wearing uh, matching sweatsuits, I guess it's on trend. 
I don't know. I'm not cool. <laughs> you guys know that. Tori, if I my, were to ask you it's not my if you think Adam Carter has a matching sweatsuit, what would your answer be? Yes. Oh, is she right? I guess we'll find out next on News Talk 830 WCCO. Thank you, Tori. Thanks, Tori. It's juicy. It's velour. <laughs> I know yes. it's velour, Adam. Oh, I love a velour sweatsuit. Velour! Oh, okay. God. <laughs> All right. Do you love a good set? My 20-year-old Gen Zer. <laughs> yes, I do. We'll say this. I love a Okay. Don't well, you, wa- you teed that up. I for did me. walk into that. Sorry. Because I was thinking about clothes. And you know I love clothes. I'm a collector. That's what I keep telling my husband. Um, I love a good set. I'm talking about matching sweatsuits because these are the rage. The, the Gen Zers are wearing them. And they have been for a while already. We're a little late to the party. But I remember a time back in the 80s where my former in-laws used to wear – um, matching sets like like Adidas or Nike jump. Are like, you saying that matching on themselves or like yeah. matching with each other? They happen to match with each other. So they're both but they wearing were also the same matching, sweatsuit. like wearing the yes. sweatpants yes. with the sweat jacket. They happen to be matching together because they she bought yes. the clothes and they match and they, they used to wear them to travel. So Tori says, oh, at the airport, the Gen Zers. Yes. yes, they're very comfortable when you travel. But it's not just for travel anymore. I see these sets. Everywhere, all the young women are wearing them. Maybe the men are. Maybe the boys are, too. Um, Adam Carter, do you currently own a matching sweatsuit? I do, in fact, and it's for travel. Uh, oh, it's just for travel? You can't wear it no, I w- actually, I w- No, I wear it all the time now. It's so right. good. It's so comfortable. cozy earth. This cozy earth stuff is unbelievable. It's really expensive, but I got it for Christmas. But Jen has a suit that... Mm-hmm. A cozy earth that she wears for like for travel mm-hmm. and other places, but mm-hmm. it's perfect for travel. Mm-hmm. And like I was feeling the fabric, I'm like, oh, that stuff is good. So then she got me a set for Christmas, and yeah, it's and it's the same color as hers. So oh my god, we so have wait, not the two of we you have matching together. The, okay, that's insane. That's I not need in, a well. It's a this. good. It's navy blue. It's not like it's some outrageous oh. color. Okay, but. It's not meant to like wear to get. I don't know. Will we travel at some point? Both be wearing our uh, cozy earth navy blue sweatsuits, maybe. But it was not intentional. But yeah, I'm, I'm all about like I'm like I'm all about wearing same color top and bottom now. It used to be oh you got to differentiate. No, I like I kind of like uh, the unicolor. It looks very pulled together. Mm-hmm. Very pulled together. Um, Tori mentioned the velour. Yes, oh, yeah. back in the 80s and 90s, even the 2000s, J-Lo was a big style icon, and she really popularized these juicy sweatsuits, and they were velour, and I had a pink one. Um, I still have kept a green, juicy jacket that I've had all these years because it's super comfortable. And stylists, by the way, Chanel stylists will tell you it is absolutely okay to wear a matching sweatsuit. I would. I've said this many, many times over the years that I would, if I could drape myself in velour, I would. Oh. If I could get, oh. they're very expensive. A velour sweatsuit. Um, now, like I picture the the sweatsuit where it's you know zipped down to about here, no mm-hmm. shirt underneath, a little hair, little hair, maybe a little chain. gold chain. Little, okay, nice, um, nice. But yeah, it's got to be awfully comfortable. It I, is I see. Comfortable. I think of like an older couple in Florida, both with the same. Velour suits, uh-huh. walking, you know, walking around. That's uh-huh. what, that's what that's what I picture. Yeah, that's right. Uh, David, I'm going to go with David as a hard pass on the matching sweatsuit. Uh, bingo. Yeah, I can't my, imagine David in the matching velour. My wife, set every with once in a while, like once a year, my wife will buy me sweatpants, and I go, "Why are you doing that?" Like, I don't. No, I'm not traditional sweatpants or athletic pants. Uh, I don't know. She's tried everything. I use them in like layering if I'm. 
yeah. going outside in the cold, I'll use those mm-hmm. a little bit. But I'm not like leaving the house or really even wearing them. No. Nope. I'm out. Stylists used to say that sweatpants out in public were a sign of complete and total surrender. You've given like, up. Like you've given up. But th- <laughs> there's, but there, I, I argue there's a difference between traditional sweatpants mm-hmm. and athletic pants. Athletic pants, I agree. Totally agree. like uh, you can absolutely pull off in many different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now they make straight leg sweatpants. Yeah. They, I mean, they make them all. I, I realize Tapered. these are Tapered. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. these are burning questions. But I had to pop in some a fashion question here today. Is the matching suit okay? It is. Uh, quick takes. Yeah, quick takes coming up next. Winter weather is coming. Yes, to we know this. David, are you well, weird, for there's a weird takes? tee up on my winter weather is on its way and the reprise of a 20 year old cult classic. We'll talk about both those in quick takes.